Well, we're continuing today in Mishnah Yom. You find ourselves in Maseches Demai, Perek Dalit, Mishnah is Dalit through Hey, Chapter 4, Mishnah is 4 through 5. So Mishnah Dalit says as follows, Misha Karashim the Trumas Meiser Shal Demai, Ula Meiser Ani Shal Badai Lo Yitlein B'Shabbos. So remember again, we've spoken about already before that Halacha Lameisa, one is not permitted to go ahead and separate out Trumas and Meisers on Shabbos. In this case over here, what's happened as follows. The situation is this is someone who has designated Trumas Meiser of Demai or Meiser Ani of Vadai, which means, again, produce that's definitely Tevel. Now, interestingly enough, we're talking about situations over here where the particular tides have already been designated before Shabbos. So the designation occurred on Shabbos, but Halach he didn't actually separate out the tithes from the produce. So what's the halacha? Lo yitleim b'Shabbos. One is not permitted to actively separate them, to remove them on Shabbos. Now, remember, again, the idea over here is why, because we're concerned, even though technically speaking, it was separated, it was designated before Shabbos. So in reality, since it was designated before Shabbos, there really shouldn't be a problem with going ahead and separating it on Shabbos. But we're concerned about this as follows, that if we allow you to actively remove it, even though it's been designated before Shabbos, you may come to actually go ahead and take Shumas and Maestras on Shabbos. In a different vein, now here's what's interesting. What happens if a person normally has a particular kohen or a particular pauper over at his home to eat? So one might have thought that see, let's take a step back. In general, Chazal said that one should not go ahead and have a kohen or an ani or pauper over on Shabbos in order to give them the tithes, right? And remember again, that halacha l'maysa, the problem with this is that if somebody sees this, they would assume that you just separated out the trumas and maisers in order to be able to give it to the coin or be able to give it to, to the to the ani. Therefore, to avoid that, Chazal said you can't separate, you can't invite an ani or a coin over on Shabbos to eat from from trumas, from truma or from maiser ani. Mishnah's case is what happens if there is a coin who normally comes to eat at my house. So I have someone who comes, a coin who comes often to eat at my house, or an ani, a poor person who often comes to eat at my house. What's the halacha? Yavo v'yoklu. You could have them over on Shabbos. Il bilvad aim. Now, interestingly enough, halacha lemaisa, that, 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 now this is very interesting. There's a couple of things happening over here. So what the Mishnah is saying firstly is that halacha lemaisa in general, a person shouldn't just stand and invite over an ani or a kohen to eat tithes at his home on Shabbos. Because the concern is a maris ayin. It looks like a person has, or perhaps it'll look like a person has actively separated the tithes on Shabbos itself, which of course is problematic. The Mishnah's case is where, let's say, somebody normally comes over to my house, an ani, right? A poor person or a kohen comes to my house on a regular basis. So the halacha is they could come and they could go ahead and eat. But, I have to tell them that what I'm giving them to eat, ultimately, again, is the truma or the Meiser Ani. Now, again, remember that, so in this case, I've separated it out and designated, I should say designated and separated it before Shabbos. When they come over to my house and they eat, I have to tell them that they are eating of the Truma and the Meiser Ani. Now, what's the reason for that? Now, this is really quite fascinating. The Bartanura explains that the issue over here is that Halacha Lameisa, 
they will be indebted to me. They'll feel a sense of gratitude because they may think that they are eating of my food, right? And halacha lamaisa, in fact, that's not the case. They're eating of the truman of the maiser ani. I have to tell them this because if they think they're eating of my food, then ultimately they will have a sense of hakaras atob, a sense of gratitude for me because they think that I'm doing something nice for them. But in fact, I'm not actually doing anything specifically nice for them. I'm simply giving them that which they are correctly entitled to. So ultimately, again, the concern is that if they feel indebted to me, they may do something for me in return. And halacha lamaisa, the trumas and maestras are supposed to be given as a debt that is paid and ultimately not as a gift. So in this interesting situation, halacha lamaisa, if they're coming over to my house, I have to tell them, by the way, the food that I'm giving you is truma, is maestra ani. Incredible. Says Mishnehei, Ha'over the Mishnehei in Orneman Alamaisras. Interesting case. I say to Ruvain, right? I, I go over to a guy, I say Ruvain. And now Ruvain himself is a person who does not have credibility in terms of Trumas and Maisras, right? So he's, let's, he's an Amorist. So I, I say to Ruvain, Kachli Mimishu Neman. Do me a favor, go out and purchase produce from me, but make sure to only buy from someone who you know is careful with Trumas and Maisras. So what's that, Lacha? Someone who takes maaser from his produce. So what's the halacha? Reuven goes, he buys produce, he comes back, he is not believed to say that he bought it from a credible source. Now, again, the idea is, see, the, the lot is a simple logic. Since Reuven's an Amaaret, and an Amaaret is not doesn't have credibility regarding his own produce, he's certainly not going to have credibility to go out and purchase for me Permitted produce. However, if I say to Ruvain, now remember, the difference in the first case is that I'm just telling Ruvain to go to someone. I'm not giving him anyone specific. So the Mishnah says, if you don't give him specific directions, you cannot assume he's going to go ahead and purchase tithe produce. However, if I say to Ruvain, Ruvain, I want you to go to Shimon and purchase produce from Shimon because Shimon is a trustworthy guy, then then when Ruvain comes back with produce, he is believed to say that say he bought it from Shimon. And again, that's because in case number two, I gave him explicit directions. So listen to this. So let's say Ruven goes, he goes to Shimon to buy the produce. And then ultimately again, Ruven comes back and he says, listen, I went to Shimon like you told me, but I couldn't find Shimon. I couldn't find Shimon. But don't worry about it. I found Levi. And Levi, I bought produce from Levi. And Levi is also a trustworthy guy. So I ended up getting you proper produce. What's the halacha? Ultimately, again, Ruvain is not believed. So what you see come out from the Mishnah is as follows, which makes sense. Once Ruvain and Amaaretz doesn't have credibility regarding his own produce, what the Mishnah essentially says is like this. If he procures me produce from any source that I am not 100% knowledgeable about, then halacha I cannot trust that that is from a properly tithed source. But if I give him explicit instructions to buy from a particular person and he complies with those instructions, in other words, I could trust the fact that he's complying with my explicit instructions. And halacha could assume that in fact he went ahead and he bought it from the person I told him to buy it from. But if I told him to go to Shimon, and he says, I looked for Shimon, but I couldn't find Shimon, but don't worry, I found Levi. Again, purchasing produce from anything other than the explicitly articulated source, 
Ruvain Biama Oretz, who is the agent, is not going to be believed. Okay, Shkaich, everyone, we'll stop over here for today. Lemir Sashim, continue tomorrow, Mishnayis, Vav, and Zion. Have a wonderful day.